This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 40. This is Chad McCollin Colin Bloom and Rich Howe, and we are getting ready for another awesome episode to bring to you a Natural Predators podcast as we get ready for the biggest game of the year, and that's the Natural Predators and the Dallas Stars. We've had a couple of days to get rested, to get our minds right, and that game's coming up quickly on Saturday. How are the guys doing tonight? Doing good. Looking forward to Saturday. Hanging in there. Ready for it. Yep. So we just got uh, the, the Dallas Stars just lost tonight to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So it's always nice when your team's off and you see another team uh, lose. But I got to say, I really don't want to see the Preds back into the playoffs. I want to see them go out and seize this. And so uh, the Stars losing tonight does give us a little bit more breathing room as far as they don't have as many games in hand. They only have that one game in hand. So that's pretty big. Let's talk about episode 40 and what we got in store for you. We're going to preview this game in depth. We're going to talk about what we expect, what we need to see, what kind of adjustments the Preds need to make because after watching that 7-4 loss to the Panthers on Tuesday, it's very clear they can't repeat that that performance or odds are they're probably going to lose to the Dallas Stars. Let's just be honest. So we're going to preview that game, get you ready for that. We're going to also talk about – Phil Forsberg and how he's getting close to returning. Uh, it's very it's very possible he's going to be ready to go on Saturday, but we still don't know that for sure. But if you're kind of reading the tea leaves and you're kind of uh, assuming, it seems like he's got a very good chance to play that game and return to the lineup. So we're going to talk about how that's going to affect the Preds lineup because obviously somebody's got to come out and if we're going to put Forsberg in. So we got to talk about that. We're also – going to get into the uh, NHL deal with Turner Sports. That is a big deal for the league. That's a big deal for all the teams. Uh, we're, uh, the league's about to be in front of a lot of new faces, a lot of new demographics, a lot of new fans. This is a great opportunity for the league, and so Colin's got a lot of details on that. So we're going to talk about that. And finally, we're going to wrap up the show with our good friend Max Ritz, who is a co-host of – the Squadcast, he's part, which is an affiliate with the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, he's got a wealth of hockey knowledge. He's a, a big National Predators fan. He's also a contributor for Predlines.com, and he's going to join the show at the end. And we're also going to throw in a little NFL draft talk right now because we got the NFL draft going on right now as we're recording. So we'll throw in a little NFL draft talk as well. And so uh, let's go ahead and get into this and talk about our sponsor, DraftKings, is – the number one top-rated sports book in America, and they've got an awesome deal going on right now where you can bet, uh, you can get in on the daily fantasy right now and set your lineups for baseball, for basketball, for all these different sports. And there's millions of dollars in prizes when you do this. So do, go download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. 
That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Go set your daily fantasy lineups in baseball, basketball, all the different sports. Have some fun with that. Use our promo code THPN for all new users. So let's start off with Saturday night's big matchup with the Dallas Stars, which we all feel like is a play-in game. How do you guys feel about it? I feel like it's a play-in game for the playoffs. They, Yeah, it's definitely a play-in game that they definitely have to win. And then I see them having to win four out of the next five to have a shot at it, especially with Dallas having that one in hand. And I know Dallas has a tough schedule, but I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like – I mean, we do, our, we do ourselves a lot of favors if we put, you know, ourselves four points distance with them and even with them having a game yeah. in hand. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely – I would say this one at least is a must win because it affects the biggest outcome for the end of the mm-hmm. season. I think we can get Columbus, but we can't be lazy. We can't slip up because we know how the Predators has been sometimes where games we should be winning, we, we somehow just inconceivably let it go. Um, and then yeah. – the Canes, I, I, I don't want to get a season swept you know, from them. I want to at least get one against them. I mean, surely the guys feel the same way. Surely they don't want to be swept on the season, especially if they could potentially be facing them in the first round. Um, you want to know – you want to be able to see a scoreboard that has you over them at some point. So um, my fingers are crossed. I'm going to be going to the game. It's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. I'll be yelling like crazy. I'll probably yeah. lose my voice. But I'm nervous. But it's going to be – this is it. This is our, yep. our season. This is kind of – what you kind of live for as an athlete, hopefully to be in these big spots where uh, you can make a difference and, and really change the narrative of your season. So let's hope the guys respond. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where could the Preds still get in if they lose against Dallas on Saturday? Sure. They, they still could, but it's going to get really dicey at that point because you gotta, you gotta go into it thinking, okay, it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to sweep Carolina. There's no guarantees playing Columbus, even though they are the team that's completely sold off and have nothing to play for. Uh, assuming you sweep Columbus, it still doesn't do any favors if you lose to Dallas because then you do not want to put yourself in a situation where you're going into must-win territory to beat Carolina because mm-hmm. Carolina's got plenty to play for right now as well. They're going for a division title. They're trying to avoid having to play Tampa or Florida in the first round of the playoffs. They would much rather play the fourth seed in the playoffs in the first round, I'm sure. So um, you do, like, like Colin just said, you're doing yourselves a lot of favors by just going ahead, beating Dallas in regulation, giving yourself a four-point cushion. Then you don't have as much pressure on you. Then if you sweep Columbus, you're in a pretty good spot going into those final two games against Carolina. Uh, if you can get some points – Against Carolina, even if even if you lose, if you can get a point, get a regular, get an overtime loss to Carolina, that can boost your chances as well. But let's get into these X's and O's of what it's going to take to beat the Stars. And for me, I mean, I don't see the Stars coming out and getting as many shots on goal as the Panthers just did. I think they're a much different style team. But I do think the Preds are going to have to figure out a way to somehow increase their shot totals. I know they had a decent amount of shots against the Panthers, but that was just the style of that game. That game was just end-to-end, back-and-forth, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy action, both games, Monday and Tuesday's game. that's not I don't see that happening against Dallas. Dallas and, and Nashville, it's always a grudge match. It's always hard to find room on the ice. It's hard to even get a shot on goal. 
And then you're probably going up against Hudobin on Saturday. I would expect they had Ottinger go tonight. Mm-hmm. So um, Hudobin has been a Preds killer in the past. So I'm not looking forward to that. So I think goal goal scoring is going to be at a premium. And so tell me if you haven't heard this before. We're going to have to lean on UC Saros again heavily. <laughs> and see, I, and I agree with you. I think that UC is going to play out of his mind. Like he's been playing really pretty much since March 15th. But for me, like I also look at our defense. Our defense has to step up. I mean, our defense yep. was – we've seen some slip-ups in the last few games, especially like the Chicago game, um, you know, when we, we should have pulled out a win there. Uh, even you know against the against the Panthers in the seven four loss, where you know we probably should have pulled out. We should we should have had a better third period than what we did. A lot of it was defensive lapses. A lot of it was defensive breakdowns. I'm sorry. I'm I I get that he adds depth, but the Gabranza experience. I'm <laughs> over it. Like I'd rather see a player like Carrier. If, if Fabro can't go, I'd rather see a player like Carrier go or a, a David Ferrance. Is Carrier available right now? He's mm-hmm. not listed as injured. He, he's oh. been scratched, so I mean, he, at least oh. on on online, he could be injured, and, and they just haven't listed it online. I thought he was but, still on IR, but we can check on that. Yeah, um, so I mean, someone, if anybody, really right now, I think, I think Good Branson, not Lucas Avisa. I think Lucas Lucas Avisa has, has earned his uh, his spot in the rafters, uh, watching the team from a distance. But um, I, I just, I, I am not. He's he gets caught flat footed way too often, and there was a play really where it started that third period run for the, the Panthers, where. He touched the puck multiple times, could not get it out of the zone, and then they score, and it was messy right in front of the net. And that's you can't have that from a defenseman. You cannot touch the puck that many times as he did in front of UC Soros, basically acting as a screener for the Panthers, an extra man for the Panthers to screen because he couldn't get control and couldn't clear it. I just don't see. I haven't seen enough, or I haven't seen anything really from him to earn him, you know, the time. Or I would think that David Ferentz, who had a decent game for us, or Kaye, who if he's available, has played very well. Um, but you never know. I mean, if Fabra comes back, that fixes everything for us. Well, not everything, mm-hmm. but it fixes a big chunk for us uh, to be able to play on that uh, second pairing with Ben Harper naturally to that third pairing with uh, with Benning. But it's going to be interesting. I mean, I want to see the defense step up. I want to see Elliot Tolvanen get on the board again. That's another one. And not just – he scored a 5-on-5, five five, but I want to see a power play uh, Tolvanen goal. And selfishly, I want to see it in person, so I, just so I could say I, I did. But uh, I definitely want to see that. The power play needs to step up and get back to where it was. Um, especially when it was being a, when it was a top fifteen unit, we've dropped a little bit in the last few weeks without uh, LA playing where, where he has. Is. So it's going to be interesting to see. But those are kind of my keys to what we need to improve. So according to uh, TSN, uh, Carrier is uh, still on the IR. Um, so, all right, then I'm all uh, then I'm all aboard the Ferrance train. There you uh, go. I would love to see David Ferrance in there, uh, but I think they just I think right now with. Branson, they're leaning on veteran experience. They're, they're they want a big body in there. Uh, he he's done a couple. He's done some good things, but he hasn't been like the. He he's not going to drive any type of offense. He's not going to make any kind of crazy highlight reels or anything like that. But I, I think I just hate that. Lean, in that mo in that area. They're leaning on veteran experience over youth and inexperience. And that's the thing that was like, that, and that's always what bothers me because, like, you look at the the veteran experience argument, and the guy's not won anything with the teams he's been on. And at the same time, like, the the thing that's put us in this position to be even in the playoffs is our young players. And you know, maybe not Ferentz because he's only gotten just a slight taste of being on the roster, but the younger defensemen have really put us in this position because there was a time when we were starting, I think, three of them at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, I'm just kind of in this place where it's like, I get that he's a, a veteran presence because he's played you know, longer than these guys, but he hasn't necessarily been more successful. He's not necessarily the better player. 
and I, it's you know there are people that make a lot more money making those decisions than I do, but I just I haven't liked what I've seen, so that's kind of where I'm at. So uh, I got some stats I got pulled out that that where the stars really excel at, like some areas, uh, league stats where they're just like very, very among the league's best. Uh, their their power play, shockingly enough, is very very efficient. They're a twenty four percent success rate, which is sixth in the league. They are goals against by strength, so they're very hard to score against at five on five. They've only get they've given up the third fewest goals this season at five on five. Uh, another area they're really strong in is hits. They're a top ten team in hits, and they also give up the second fewest shots per game against so they're stingy and we've seen that plenty of times going up against them it's taken us overtime or shootout to beat them all four times this season so that alone has me nervous about this game because i'm like yeah we've beaten them four times but it's taken a little bit of luck a little bit of good fortune and just really stepping up and playing in clutch moments how do you feel about it rich yeah, the same – pretty much everything Colin said. Um, I think that all the rest of the guys need to, like, chip in and buy UC Saros a really nice present because he's just playing out of his mind, like we said. And, um, you know, it's just unfortunate that they let the game get away from him against Florida like that because they were actually hanging with Florida for a while and then it just – the wheels fell off and, you know – it's not a good – it's never a good plan to have your goaltender have to stop 50 shots. So, I just want to see him All right. continue, you know, yeah, with the way he's for playing. Sure. And- for sure. Hey, we don't normally give love to anything Chicago Blackhawks affiliated on this show. <laughs> but I'm going to throw some love to the WCBP podcast, which covers the Blackhawks on the Hockey Podcast Network. They just gave us a good shout-out on Twitter uh, – Saying we're not so bad for Preds fans, and we uh, people should check out our live episode right now. I saw so, that. I appreciate those guys. Uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> that uh, nice. Thanks for being good sports. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate the love. You guys aren't completely out of it yet. You could still go on some crazy run and get in, but we obviously hope that doesn't happen. But um, <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate the love from the WCBP podcast, who covers the Blackhawks. For uh, we got any Chicago fans or Chicago natives that might. Uh, be into the Chicago Blackhawks, or if you're just a hockey fan in general, go check out their podcast. They, ha- they have some really good stuff. And uh, Zach's actually been on the show with us in in a previous episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that conversation, that was awesome as well. And so um, let, let's go ahead and just shoot our shots right now. Let's let's get let's get into, into uh, some predictions here. Let's go ahead and put it all out on the table. Let's put ourselves out there. I'll, I'll, I'll start it off. And I might be crazy for doing this because normally I'm like, I try to hedge my bets and I try to like not be let down. But I'm calling it right now. I think the Preds are going to put out one of their best performances of the year. I think they know how to play the Dallas Stars effectively. I know that I think they know how to match up well with them. I'm going a three to one win for the Preds. All right. You know, I was, I'll go ahead and throw this in there. They're going to score an empty netter to make it three-one. I think it's going to be close till the end. I was I was with you there for a sec because I actually I was thinking three-one, but since you said I got to go somewhere else, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere a little different. And I'm gonna I agree with you on that last set, that last goal. I think the third goal is going to be empty, empty netter. netter, but I'm gonna go three-nothing. Put a stamp on oh, it. Wow. Oh man. Wow. Jason oh, Robertson. Oh. Jason Robertson. Not not tonight, buddy. Not tonight. All right. So I guess I'm All gonna. Right. I guess I'm going to be the bad guy. Not bad guy, but 
Um, the realistic guy, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe realistic is a good way to put it. But um, so Dallas lost tonight uh, a shutout against Tampa Bay. Um, they know what they have to do. They're going to come to Nashville and they're going to be really ticked off. And I think it's going to be a really tight and rough game. And I'm going to go three, two Preds. I just think it's going to be too close. So just I look for them still to... think the Preds are going to win. Oh, I do think they're going to win. Yeah, oh, I... you were making it seem like you were no, no, going to lose. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 oh, no, okay. definitely. No, I would, no, I'd, very so rarely am I ever going to We're all predicting the Preds to score three goals here, and we're all basically predicting that UC Soros is going to have another outstanding game where he gives up two goals or fewer. So I like the sound of that. Yeah. I do think this game's going to be very, very highly intense. I think there's going to be a lot of penalties taken. Yep. Uh, I do. Th- I've been seeing a little bit of improvement in the penalty kill lately. Am I crazy for thinking that gradual, modest improvement? Maybe. I think it's definitely improved. I mean, there was a time where we had to kill off that five-minute penalty at the end of the game, oh, yeah. and we did it. So, I mean, the penalty kill is definitely like night and day compared to where it was at the beginning of the season. I think guys know their role better. Um, special teams across the board has just improved, although offense, offensively we still have a lot to prove on the power play, especially without Ellie Tolvanen. But if we can get him going, that's not my thing. Is Have y'all noticed that Ellie Tolvanen, like the, the first unit is not out there for very long. I mean, usually you only get a minute anyways, mm-hmm. but it just seems like we're quick to pull that unit off if it's not working and it's hard for him to get any kind of rhythm. But uh, I mean, it's going to take some special teams. Like that's what this is going to probably be as a special teams game in a lot of ways, because it's going to get chippy with so much on the line. So it's going to be, there's going to be some penalties called. I think there's going to be plenty of extracurricular activity after the whistle. Um, and I can see a lot of penalties being called in this game uh, for sure. That's how these teams play each other. So Preds penalty kill is going to have to come up big, but here's another reason this is going to take us into our next segment. This is episode 40 of the catfish and ice podcast. This is Chad Mitten with Colin Bloon and Rich Howe. Uh, that we are brought to you by DraftKings. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, play the Daily Fantasy, use our promo code, and you can get a shot at millions of dollars of prizes for free every week. So make sure you go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app and have a lot, have a lot of fun, win yourself some money doing that. So let's talk about it. The big news is coming out. Everyone's rumbling about it. Speculation swirling. Are we going to get Philip Forsberg back in time? for this critical game on Saturday night. Want to give proper credit to the source, but I'm pretty sure it was from Robbie Stanley, who uh, is on 102.5 The Game, puts out a lot of great content. But basically, David Poyle basically said, he he said that Forsberg is very close to coming back and that they can't 100% say he's going to be back for Saturday. But he's very, very close. And now we've been kind of hearing very, very close for a couple weeks now, it feels like. But I feel like with these three days off, Forsberg is going to be back for Saturday. Yeah, and especially when you have a, someone of you know that stature being able to say and put their name on their prediction of saying he's mm-hmm. probably going to come back soon, I have a little more confidence in it than if it was to come from just like – you know, a Preds burner account from somewhere. So, uh, so I, I can appreciate that. It would definitely help with power play, definitely help with the offense. I mean, that would be tremendous, especially from a zone entry standpoint and just navigating the zone. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I'll believe it when I see it at this point because it feels like we've been saying he's close for weeks and weeks. So fingers crossed. Uh, so, uh, so 
So it wasn't David Poyle. I'm sorry. Let me read the tweet verbatim, actually. So it's uh, Preds coach Todd Richards says on 102.5 The Game, they're hoping Forsberg can play on Saturday against the Stars, but he doesn't know yet if that'll happen. Says Forsberg is getting close. So I just feel like if, if, if you would even come out and say that, then I feel like it's a matter of whether Forsberg wants to play or not, whether Forsberg feels comfortable to play. And unless – I can't see Forsberg missing this game voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. This is the game of the year Indeed. for sure. And This is a game you dream about as a pro athlete, to be able to play in something that counts this much. I mean, this mm-hmm. is it, right? So like, he knows. Forsberg knows that his team's right there. They know, He knows that they need him. Yeah. Um, he can give that, like we said, the power play in, in itself. He can provide a boost. We just got done saying we think there's going to be a lot of penalties in, in this game. We think there's going to be some – Plenty, a couple, at least a few power play opportunities for the Preds. They got to start cashing in on these chances because they're not getting a lot of shots on goal. They're not getting a lot of goal support for UC Soros, even though they did score four goals on Tuesday. I'll give them that. And they do have these ways of somehow being opportunistic and scoring, even when they don't have a lot of shots on goal. But I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that I think Hudobin's going to play well. I think it's going to take. A lot of shots on goal to get to get some goals against uh, Hudobin uh, on Saturday. Assuming he's the one that goes in net. And, and the thing so, is, we've done it. We've done it before. Like we we have it yeah. in us. So yeah, it's yeah. definitely doable. I just, I just hope that the Predators don't um, make stupid penalties because uh, Dallas is the sixth ranked power play. Yeah, and we just mm-hmm. don't want to hand them. We just don't want to hand them those easy opportunities. You know how good they are. They can score well. I gotta tell you, they're gonna have to be very, very disciplined in this game because it's gonna be yep. chippy and it's gonna be the emotions are gonna be running high. It's gonna feel like a playoff game for sure. A lot of these games have felt like playoff games recently, but this one <laughs> is gonna be magnified because you've got two teams literally battling for one spot within two points of each other with five games remaining. You can't write a better script right. if you're going into yeah. an NHL season than what yeah. than what we're about to see on Saturday. Someone's going to come out. Of, one fan base is going to come out of that game completely crushed, and one face is one fan base is going to come out there feeling really, really good about their playoff chances. So, yeah, for the past for the past month and a half, we've said numerous times this is a huge game. Well, this is actually a very huge game. This this is it right here. This is the we've one. Even, well, hey, we've even got to talk about this scenario. Let's say the Preds get to overtime, they lose. They're one point up. Yeah, they are. They are. But we don't want that to anything. happen. We're not saying that, but no. I'm just saying there's a lot of scenarios that can come out of this. It's not like oh. if they lose, the season's over, but it feels that way, and rightfully yeah. so because suddenly you're up against a lot of pressure. Well, to yeah, not yeah. choke against Columbus, first of all, you're going to have to sweep Columbus God. four out of four points, and then you're going to probably have to split with Carolina, which is that's my nightmare. You know, that's a tall task. My nightmare is beat Dallas and then lay a goose egg against Columbus. That would be horrible. And what sucks it would like, be it would be so preds to beat the stars <laughs> on Saturday and get us all going nuts. Yeah. And then they lose to Columbus. Yeah. Let's not even so, think those horrible thoughts no, right now. We don't want to think that. But you know, Dallas does have that one game in hand or whatever, but after Nashville, they've got Florida and then Tampa Bay two more times, but then they do play Chicago to finish out their schedule. Yeah. And that's Chicago. what – those are the ones that – those two right there are the ones that worry me. Like if they – Chicago run, can run, beat them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what. Let's sucks. get a 
let's but let's get back into this Phil Forsberg thing real quick. So I think he's he, he is such an X factor. If he comes back, suddenly my confidence goes from like a five to maybe like a seven or eight that we can win this game. He's Even that big he, of a deal to me in this lineup. And mm-hmm. but we do have to go ahead and address it here. Who who's gonna come out? And it's a tough call to make. It's gonna be someone's gonna come out that doesn't deserve it, who's playing well for the most part. It's not an easy call to make. Uh, there's a lot of different directions you can go with it. Uh, Colin, it looks like you got your uh, your. Give us your uh, top player you would take out. Well, and I know we're gonna, we're talking about this with Max too, but I was thinking like even if the guy gets ten minutes ice time, and you know two of those minutes are on the power play, that's valuable time from Philip mm-hmm. Forsberg. Even uh, coming back from injury, if that's the the definition or how you define you know easing him in. When you look at the Panthers game, like Victor Arvidsson last game only played seven minutes, which is kind of crazy to think about from a wow. forward perspective. Yeah, I didn't but, that. yeah, so I mean, if we give him, you know, upwards of 10, 10 minutes, no less, you know, to ease him back in, we're good. But I, I still think, you know, Hala, Hala is my guy. I think we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think that, you know, Hala is, is the guy that I would take out just because, you know, he, he, it's not that he's bad, but there's been some opportunities that he's missed that Forsberg used to connect on with Duchesne. There were some setups that Duchesne gave Halla that Halla just couldn't finish. And historically, uh, Forsberg has been able to finish those before. So that's kind of where I'm at. Although, then again, maybe he's not even centered by Duchesne. Maybe he's centered by Granlin. Um, by the way, I think that he just plays better in that situation than Halla does. Um, and I think Halla has been kind of – he's been all right, but he hasn't been great. He hasn't been anybody that's really a world beater. I uh I, I gotta slightly disagree with you a little bit, Colin, just because I've I've seen Hollas offensive execution be pretty good lately, and I feel like we need as many of those types of players as possible right now. I think we got plenty of grit and grind in this lineup. I think we need a little bit more offensive production, and I, I've I've liked what I've seen from Holla. He's he's been creating a lot of good odd man rushes. He's been he's got a shorthanded goal to his to his credit. He's he's been flying around the ice a lot. Uh, but it's not an easy call. But for me, I'm actually going Nick Cousins if you make me pick what you have to pick uh, if Forsberg's coming in. And it's just because I think Cousins, I think you, you can still keep your chippy attitude and keep your physical play that the team loves to have because Forsberg's going to provide you with that. Forsberg plays gritty and plays defensively too. Forsberg's not afraid to lay the lumber out. Forsberg's mm-hmm. not afraid to forecheck. So you're still gaining something by getting Forsberg in. It's not like Forsberg is coming in and bringing you nothing when it comes to that side of the ice. So it's a tough call to make. But I would still lean leaving Holland in because I like what he brings offensively over Cousins. I like what he can do for the third line. Especially we don't have Rocco Grimaldi in the lineup anymore. So you need some type of offensive flash from the bottom six. And I, I've seen that from Eric Holland lately. I just don't want to lose our hockey uh, hockey dermatologist, man. It's just fun watching yeah. the way Cousins gets under people's skin, and especially if you want to agitate a team like Dallas, get them off their game. I, I kind of I like Nick Cousins just because I saw what he did last game, where it was like he, and, and as soon as the whistle blew, he was in people's faces, and you just knew whatever he was saying to him, it was like about the and mother, the point. grandmother, the the, the great grandmother. <laughs> like he was something about what he said is getting under under guy's skin. So that's, that's all I appreciate. It's the under, it's the thing that doesn't show, show up in the stat, the stat box is that smack talk, but I, I, I get, way, I get either not, one. Either way, it's not an easy decision, no, but we're all no. in agreement here that we're not touching that fourth line, right guys? No, 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 no. Yeah. But we don't want that to happen, but <laughs> we're, we're all kind of nervous right now that the yeah. Reds are going to go out here and do this. 
that they're going to take out Tanner Janot or they're going to take out Yakov Trennan. Last time I checked, uh, I was going to say, last time I checked, head coach is still John Hines, right? I mean, you want to talk about firing up a fan base if you take out arguably the most consistent line on the team this year when it comes to providing – playing their role and doing what they're asked to do. We, it's we the do fourth have, line. We do have to give Hines so, credit a little bit. Not to mention, not to mention, what kind of message does that send to the team? That yeah. yeah, you make the most of your opportunities, but as soon as someone else comes in, we're going to take you right back out. I don't yeah. know. Well, you do. We do have to give Hines a little bit of credit because the past month and a half he has done better at putting his lines together and not moving anybody around. But this could be an opportunity where he does anger some people and just he's got Forsberg coming back. He's going to play more of the veteran people, which means Cousins and Hollow would probably stay in. And then he, I, you know, I don't want him to, but I think he would probably look at that fourth line. But you just don't know. Uh, I mean, I mean <laughs> that, that, that's your tone setters. The only reason, the only reason yeah. I would change that lineup is if maybe like a, a Matthew Olivier came back and then you want right. to get some guys some rest. But realistically, like that's your tone setting line, especially, yeah. I mean, if you lose and it's, it's, there's a lack of physicality and it's really present. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's going to be, be, a bad it's gonna be look. tough for him. Yeah, it's going to be, be a bad, bad look. look waking up on Sunday morning if the Preds lose that game and they touch that fourth line. And it, it's apparent that we got pushed and, around and it's apparent that um, we're missing told- that element. NHL coaches have been fired for less. If, if there's a five, if there's a five game skid here because of lineup decisions, I'm not saying I'm on the Heinz fire train. I, like I said in the if you have a few episodes ago, give him more time, give him one season. I think he's earned that. But I mean, this is a, this is a silver platter moment where you know mm-hmm. if, if the team if the team falls short, but they have a good effort and the and the right pieces are there, it's one thing. If we lack physicality and we take out people that are producing. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to to not be on whether that it's where whether it's Holla or whether it's cousins. I'm saying cousins. Colin's saying uh, Holla. Uh, but don't touch I think the you line. can live with that decision a lot easier yeah. because first of all, you don't know if those players are going to even be on this team for the long term future. Whereas Tanner Janot and Yakov Trinan are hopefully your future. Yeah. So you've got to mm-hmm. reward great play and that's what they've given you this season. So I'm right there with you. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. And then if you break up that third line a little bit, then you move Luke Cunning down. I think, I think that makes the most sense yep. because I think you can move him anywhere in the lineup and he's still going to do his role and, and do what he's got to do. So it's going to be very, very intriguing to see when those projected lineups come out, who mm-hmm. gets taken out for Philip Forsberg. If indeed he does play Saturday, we still don't know for sure. We feel like he's going to play, but it's not certain. And then the Dallas Stars have a player of their own. His name's Tyler Sagan. He's a pretty big deal for them. He's also getting closer to returning. He would be making his season debut if, he, if he plays for the Stars. So that, that yeah. would be a big deal for them. Just, not just quite- take, the, take the night off. I will personally – I will I will float him like 50 bucks to go out to uh, – <laughs> To Roots, Chris. Now, I will he, say, he nice stake in Nashville. I will say Sagan returning. I don't know if he would ha- be able to provide the same impact as Forsberg, just because I'm not sure if they would ease Sagan in. He uh, he's dealing. He dealt with a hip injury. That's his. That's what's going mm-hmm. on with him right now. That's not an easy injury to come back from. No, as a hockey player. So I don't know. Even if he does make his debut on Saturday, I'm sure he'd be in limited minutes. I'm not sure where, how effective he would be able to be, but. 
that would be a big piece for them to get back if he were able to make his season debut uh, on Saturday for them. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Stay but, in uh, Dallas. We'll stay wait in. And see. Just chill, man. Just chill. There's no rush. Just chill. All right, so real money. quick, I got to say, I know a lot of our uh, podcast listeners and followers, especially the people watching right now live on the stream, the Titans are getting ready to pick uh, with the 22nd pick in the draft. <laughs> I really haven't been uh, focusing on who's off the board here in the last few picks. I guess I'm looking at the bottom of the screen right now. I'm thinking the, the I'm thinking the Titans need to go defense right here. Uh, I think I sure. think they need to address I think they need to address the biggest need that they had last year, and that is kicker. So no, uh, uh, okay, no, <laughs> we ain't touching kicker. Kicker's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping I I'm thinking they need to go corner or edge rusher. That's yeah, my uh, Mel Kiper seg- That's my Mel Kiper uh, hat on right there. Uh, I'm let's see the pick is in. We're gonna announce this announce this live because it's just too perfect timing. Uh, let's see what we'll see what we get here. Give me a cornerback. Give me a cornerback. That's what I'm hoping for. Cornerback or edge rusher. The excitement. Can we just go ahead and talk about how the NFL owns the <laughs> calendar for like the entire season, entire calendar year? It feels like, like they just <laughs> never go away. You get pretty much February between February and April, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't have any yeah. other support. It's like. They're always dominating the headlines, no matter what. All right. Give me this pick. The anticipation. I know, right? The anticipation is very thick right now in my house. I can promise you that. They're probably going to go to commercial break before they come back. Don't do that. (laughs) This is a big pick for the Titans. They're one of those teams that are, like, right on the cusp of maybe being able to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs, but they need to make a really smart pick here. Yeah. They're going to do, like, American Idol – we're going to tell you who won next. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, Roger Goodell could not be moving any slower right now. I know, right? Like It's like he's trying to just really tease me right now. Uh, Roger Goodell, I don't know if you knew this, but we're doing the Catfish and Ice podcast. It's kind of a big right. deal right now, and we need to get on with our show. Hey, so, real quick, shout out to Mike Twitter. He's on here. What's up, Mike Twitter? How you doing, man? Here's the selection right here for the Titans. Let's see what we get here. In the next, I promise in the next 20 minutes, we're going to get the Titan selection. It's so funny. The podcast has not ended. We're just waiting for the pick. Yeah. Waiting for the pick. <laughs> oh, They're my waiting. gosh. <laughs> it's been out oh, for about man. two minutes. The pick has been in for two minutes now. Still. Uh, By this time, it's going to be ready for episode 41 already. Maybe they're going to, I don't know. All right, here comes. All right, Roger Goodell is uh, announcing, announcing the pick right here. And it is – all right. All right, there it is. Cornerback Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I like it. See, honestly, it. I wanted the Cardinals to take him. I'm a little nervous, though, because he just had back surgery. So we'll see how he is. But he's one of the top prospects, corner. So. Took him yeah, on, I was calling corner. I'm happy they took a corner. I heard a little bit about this guy. I I, I got to be honest, I'm not like some draft guru that studies film or anything like that. But – um. I've heard good things about this guy, and I know that that was a huge need that we had. So I'm all about it. I'm glad they addressed defense here. Some people are trying to say we should take a wide receiver here. I'm glad they went defense. So I'm really, really happy with this pick for the Titans. Uh, let's let's talk about some other uh, drafts. Uh, Colin, what, what's some of your biggest takeaways from the draft so far? I know 
Trevor Lawrence went number one. We know that uh, Trey Lance went number three uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. Zach Wilson went to the Jets at number two. So three quarterbacks in the first three picks. Pretty yeah. crazy to see that. Trey, Trey Lance surprised me a little bit just because there's so much hype surrounding Mac Jones to the 49ers. There was a love affair there. Apparently it never came to fruition. And ultimately Mac Jones went to the Patriots, which I think actually fits him because his skills are very much a, a systematic approach, which is what Bill wants to do. Not just this run it approach that Cam Newton does. I think he'll, he'll probably Mac Jones will probably start by mid season. I think Trey Lance will probably sit out possibly for a season just because they have Jimmy G. They don't really need to do anything there, but I'm really surprised because if you look at most franchises, the leader po- leader in points, uh, for like the, the points records and franchises is almost always a kicker. No kickers taken. I mean, come on, you know, what's up with that? But <laughs> uh, in, in all seriousness, there was an early cornerback run, which kind of disappointed me because I'm a Cardinals fan and um, we uh, we uh, need corners desperately. We had Mika Fitzpatrick as our other guy and Patrick Peterson who just left. So there's nobody there. It's the Buda Baker show, but we're going to see what happens. But um, it's been an interesting draft. I mean, there's been some interesting, uh, the wide receivers, the fact that there's such a huge run and the fact that Arizona is just or not Arizona, sorry, Alabama is just insane with the wide receivers they produce. That's been pretty crazy. But um a lot of teams got better tonight, so it's good to see for them. I was uh I was pretty surprised to see Trey Lance go at number three just because I'm not trying to say he's gonna be a bust or he's not a great quarterback, but to only have 17 career starts uh yeah. for a for a smaller school, uh you're you're definitely going off of the scouting department's word on this because, I mean, that's not a lot of college experience that you're that no. you're, you know, leaning I mean, on there. But it produced hey, Carson Wentz. The Forty so Nineers knew what they wanted. The Forty Nineers knew what they wanted. They traded up to get that pick. Am I correct? Like they weren't in originally in that position. They gave up pretty much the next, I think, next two years first round picks for it too. So, you know, as a Cardinals fan, I'm like, man, I hope he busts. <laughs> I, really, yeah. I never want to, I never want to see a player that doesn't succeed. But from a rival perspective, I'm like, man, it would be a shame if he didn't work out, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but he, uh, Kyle not- Pitts, Kyle Pitts went number four to the Falcons. I don't think anyone yep. was too surprised by that. No, uh, he's, he's Jamar a Chase nature. is the big wide receiver out of LSU. He gets matched with Joe Burrow at number five. I think a lot of people were surprised by that pick. I think they were expecting the uh, expecting they, the Bengals to go offensive tackle there. So the thing about the Bengals is they just got uh, Riley Reed or Riley Reed, who just you know from free agency, who fills up their needs, but is also probably better grading out than the prospects that they could have gotten there. But it's a deep tackle draft too. They did it. They people didn't see it because I mean it's the Bengals, so we're not really highlighting Bengals free agent signings in the off season because right. they're not they're not an attractive team. But they they did make some offensive moves or some offensive tackle moves that will help them out. And it's a deep draft for the offensive so, line, so I think they'll be better. I'll- you were Lieutenant Farva a couple weeks ago. Now you're Colin Kuyper. Yeah, there you go. You're, uh, the new dra- you're the new NFL draft guru on the Catfish Nice podcast once a year. Listen, it's Sports Talk Radio 24-7 when I'm working at Sports Talk I Radio. Mean, you, broke I, down, you broke down that pick beautifully yeah. there. Like, that could have been any better than Mel, Mel Kuyper would be very proud of you right now. Kudos to you, Colin. And that's a good I business to get it. into. And it, NFL draft analyst is a good business to get into. Oh, they're like weathermen because you can make as yeah, many I things mean, wrong as possible now. and you're still going to get yeah. paid at the end of the day. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right? Uh, I mean, Alabama, like always, is just lining up the players. Uh, Justin Fields to number 11. That's I didn't think he was going to fall that far, but he goes to the Chicago Bears at number 11. So that's four quarterbacks in the first 11 picks. 
Then Mac Jones goes number 15 to Bill Belichick and Al, uh, and the uh, Patriots. So there's that. And so it's been a pretty interesting draft for sure. A lot of wide receivers are going in this draft early on. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty surprising there to see that many go so early. And so rounding out the first round here, uh, the Titans just picked. So that was perfect timing. As we uh, know, we have a lot of Titans fans that are also Preds fans that, that listen to the podcast. Uh, so we uh, are coming up next here. We got Max Rich joining the podcast. He's a good buddy of the show. He's a fellow PredLines.com contributor. He's going to join us to talk about the Saturday matchup with the Dallas Stars as well. He's also going to join us to talk about the offseason that's coming up. A lot of big decisions the Preds got to make this offseason. Finishing with what's Pecorine going to do? We're going to ask Max about all that as well. So make sure you stay tuned. Make sure you go download. If you're watching on Twitter right now or Periscope, make sure you go download the podcast. It will be available first thing tomorrow morning on all of your major podcast platforms. Other than that, we will see you next week and get ready for this final push into the playoffs. Again, this is episode 40 of the Catfish and Ice Podcast. Back for episode 40 of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and been part of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chad Mitten with Rich Howe and Colin Bloom, your host, and we've got an awesome guest for you, and that is Max Ritz, who is co-host of the Squadcast and part of the Rod Peterson Show, and also a fellow PredLines.com contributor. We are really uh, pumped to have him on the show. How are you doing tonight, Max? I'm doing fantastic, Chad. Thank you very much for having me on tonight, guys. Very excited to talk some Preds. Absolutely. We got the NFL draft going on in the background, so I'm sure as we record this segment, we'll be uh, reacting to that. Uh, Max is uh, had an NFL draft uh, mock draft put out there, so we're going to ask his thoughts on the picks. I think we just got done seeing the top ten picks of the draft, so we got to get some of his thoughts on that. But first – of course, we're a hockey podcast. We're a Preds podcast. And the first thing I got to ask Max is he is up all the way up in Saskatchewan, Canada, and he is a Preds fan. And I got to hear the story. How did you become a Preds fan? Oh, man. You know what? It's it, going back to the summer of 2005. General manager David Poyle pulled the trigger and, and brought the first uh, true superstar, I guess, to Nashville in uh, my favorite player of all time. And that would be Paul Correa. Um, yeah, still nice. still the franchise record holder for points at 85. Hopefully that changes in the very near future. I, I know we've got some talent on the team that's possibly capable of doing that if they could stay healthy over a full 82-game season. But, uh, yeah, man, it was uh, Paul Correa, boomer bust for me. I, I got bugged a little bit when I was a kid for being a bandwagon jumper, but like I said, he was just my guy. Just what he could do on the ice, his vision, his creativity was truly ahead of his time, uh, and he was just a guy that I gravitated towards and, and couldn't leave uh, no matter what. So I couldn't.
couldn't go to St. Louis. That was just not a thing. And again, <laughs> voted very well for my future when he signed his well, last. We appreciate you for that. We appreciate yeah, you making that decision. A hundred percent. But yeah, no, stuck with Nashville. And man, they had some good things going at the time. Pecorini was just drafted in 2004. Shea Weber was obviously in the fold. Ryan Suter. And in Saskatchewan, there was just not a whole lot of Preds fans. So I figured, you know what? Let's uh, let's be a bit of a duck out of water here. And and uh, let's uh, cheer for a team that doesn't have a whole lot of fans. It's uh, led to some pretty expensive exchange rates trying to get merchandise up here because uh it's uh pretty difficult to find some preds gear but uh it's been worth every penny with the amount of memories they've given me there's probably what a story probably a lot of maple leaf stuff up there though right oh man too much <laughs> I, and that's the thing i always got to tell people i always see just a little bit blue it's not a color blindness it's just some sort of condition of maple leaf oma or whatever it is up here it's uh it's a ton of maple leaf stuff everywhere you go but uh yeah no i, I balance it out with uh, watching a lot of gold that's for sure Nice. We'd like to hear. All right. So we're also getting ready for uh, the matchup of maybe not even the season, but maybe of the last couple seasons, at least when you're talking regular season games. And it's the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars, which I think is a growing rivalry for the Preds. That's how I feel about it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. We still have that sour taste in our mouths from 2019 when they uh, knocked us out of the playoffs in the first round. So, uh, Max, we got to ask you, what's, what is your initial thoughts? What's your initial feelings? Where is your confidence level? What scares you about this game? What has you confident going into Saturday night's game with, with the Dallas Stars? Uh, well, I tell you what, uh, we'll start with the the biggest thing, I guess, that what scares me, and it's a loss because uh, Tampa has done us a massive favor tonight by uh, by closing yeah. the gap and the games in hand just down to one. And uh, as you guys well know, I've dubbed this our Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl, going for fourth place for all the semi-pro <laughs> fans out there. Uh, this nice. is going to be a massive, massive game with, as you alluded to earlier, Chad, a growing rival. When you look at Dallas and I guess the history with it, with the Winter Classic uh, not going our way with Game 6 not going our way i still remember john klingberg hitting the back of the net in game six there and it was it was devastating and almost as devastating as a loss to chicago like you said it's a growing rivalry uh and there's some really really good results that have come from some games against dallas and we're four and three against them on the year we got to get it done in regulation. There's absolutely no question. And when you look at Dallas this year, they've they've had the injury bug as well, although maybe not as substantial as ours in Nashville. But they're missing some guys. Tyler Sagan, I'm not sure if he's going to be back quite yet. It's already been uh, kind of confirmed that Alex Radulov and Ben Bishop are done for the season. This is a team that we got to find a way to take advantage of in regulation, and it's only going to help ideally having Philip Forsberg back in the lineup on Saturday. Um, I just miss everything that he brings to the table. And I know that he's going to contribute greatly on Saturday as soon as he gets back on the ice for the Preds. I think what you said yep. there is really important too, especially about like the, the regulation piece, because we've seen how many, it's ridiculous how many points they've gotten from overtime losses. And, and just to, to know that could bite us, especially because we've contributed to a few of them, it stings, but I'll be there on Saturday. Uh, myself and uh, Eli Farmer is one of the other Predlines riders. We're going uh, with our family and, and it's going to be, we're going to be cheering as loud as we can, but we, we got to get it done in regulation. I mean, overtime we'll take the points if we can get them, but regulation will be huge for us. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Rich, uh, Rich, kind of what, uh, how are you feeling about the game as well, man? Like, and kind of give us your thoughts on what, what you think uh, the Preds need to do to, to get this W, the biggest W of the year, probably. Well, I'll tell you what they need to not do is they need to All not right. let that works too. Dallas, <laughs> they need to not let Dallas shoot so much on UC Soros. 
that's the big the big huge thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good place to start. But I, mean, I guess we can also say that the Dallas Stars aren't quite as loaded offensively as the uh, Florida Panthers. They're maybe. Not, maybe we can go they're there. Not, but they took. They're not, but they took a loss tonight, so you know they're going to be good and ticked off. They do so. have this. Uh, they do have this uh, rookie, uh, uh, Jason Robertson, yes. who's kind of all of a sudden making yep. the Calder Trophy race pretty interesting. So yep. we got to watch yeah. out for that guy. And they played. Uh, they played Jake Ottinger tonight, so they'll be starting Kudobin. I'm sure he's got a nice, big, long, huge rest, and he'll be ready to go. So, so oh, yeah. we though we got that three days between, which is nice. That's right. Yeah, definitely. But it would be awesome to have Forsberg back. Definitely. Oof. That would be. So yeah, that that kind of leads I mean, me to another good question I got for you, uh, uh, Max. So again, we're joined by Max Ritz, who is a fellow Predlines.com contributor, wealth of hockey knowledge. He's also a co-host for the Squadcast. For the uh, which is an affiliate with the Rod Peterson show, so we're very thrilled to have him join the podcast tonight. And so we got to ask you, Max, how big? Wh what kind of impact can Philip Forsberg, other than the obvious stuff, because obviously he can put goals in the net. But what what can Philip Forsberg do for this team that we won't we won't have if we got to keep going through these this final stretch without him? I think you just, uh, and again, alluding to outside the obvious, just offensive consistency, right? He's a threat every time he hits the ice. He's somebody that the Dallas Stars need to take note of. And I know he's had a very long absence being off on the injured list. But with that being said, he's going to be ready to go. I see on his Instagram stories, enjoying some wings, a little Coca-Cola tonight, mm -hmm. enjoying the draft. But uh, he's got another <laughs> couple days to get that out of his system, uh, lighten up and uh, enjoy uh, getting back in the lineup ideally did, on Saturday. But, did, we, uh, did we have a George Kittle signing? Because I know them are them two are buddies and the 49ers had the number three pick in the draft and they took uh trey lance i believe the, the quarterback out of uh north north dakota state yeah so, absolutely uh, yeah that was a big pick but yeah, no, just getting back to the game itself, though, too, Chad. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he brings. Like I said, Dallas has to take note of a guy like him and his offensive abilities every time he's on the ice. And I think, again, going – this is maybe a little bit obvious, but our power play that is in desperate need of him back on the first unit going opposite sides, opposite wings of Ellie Tolvanen. Uh, again, just if Dallas gives us some some chances on the power play, it's time for us to get, uh, get off this little sleepy spell we've been in uh, as of late, I mean, overall – and uh, yeah. yeah, get uh, get putting pucks in the net. And when you have those two threats out there on either side of the wings, again, it just makes nightmares for penalty kills across the league. So that's going to be huge to have back for not just this game on Saturday, but down the stretch run entirely. So I'm excited to have number nine back. And uh, yeah, for a team that, and again, it's, it's hard to say it about our guys, but an offensively starved hockey team, uh, we need a guy with his capability of putting pucks in the back of the net and setting up plays creatively like he does so well. I think that last point, that's a really important piece of it too, because we look at a lot of the goals we've gotten in these last, you know, this last stretch of games, it's become more about sheer grit and determination, getting things set up off the rebound. Whereas Forsberg is a guy that can create off of the, you know, off the puck, but also with the puck and is on a stick too, because he's been able to dish. I mean, that's one of the things that's really gotten the points that he got earlier on in the season was not only the goals he was scoring, but the assists that he was setting up. If he's back with guys like, you know, like uh, Ellie Tolvanen and like Mikhail Granlin, I still like that line combination that's a lethal line because Granlin can bury him. And if he gets the rebounds, he can set guys up. Forsberg can set it up and bury it. And Tolvanen, that slap shot, I think it's just uh, so, mm -hmm. it's so good to see it again on the ice. 
Absolutely. And then you look at Ellie Tolvin and just his progression throughout this rookie season, he's finally starting to look like the the hype machine is, is rolling uh, in the right direction. That uh, was uh, the case when we picked him 30th overall in 2017. So it's going to be exciting to see his progression. I think it's only going to be accelerated that much more by playing with players of, of Phil's caliber. And yeah, just excited to have him back and, and keep that momentum going before Phil went out with a long-term injury. And of course, the uh, the obvious problem is we have to take someone out who probably doesn't deserve to be taken out. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of it. It's a good Bye problem Holla. to have, but it's it's tough. Uh, I'm Did leaning towards say- Nick Cousins. But that's just me. I said Holla. But it's yeah. not an easy decision either way. Uh, but Holla's been stepping up his game so much lately. Uh, like he's actually it, been getting into the offense, man. He's been making it, things happen. I will say he had a good game last game. But for, for me, like – Holla, it's just there's some times where he missed some very open opportunities, especially when Duchesne set him up. Cousins, I won't say he's at an offensive improvement, but at the same time, Cousins kind of brings the attitude, and he's a, he's like a he's like a more offensively capable Austin Watson, is the way yeah. I look at it. He's the agitator, the guy, the guy that you need to be able to get under another team's skin, but also yeah. someone that does have that offensive capability to actually score some goals. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right, let's let's go ahead and ask our let's go ahead and ask our uh, guest uh, Max Ritz here. Who are you taking out for Forsberg? You know what? I, I'm kind of I'm in two camps on this. I do like Eric Hollow coming out of the lineup strictly for positional purposes. Matt Duchesne's been back in the lineup for a few games, and I don't think he deserves necessarily a promotion. But to move him back to his natural fit at center, um, that potentially opens up that spot on the wing to to get Phil back in the lineup. Uh, you move uh, somebody out of the top six down, Luke Cunning can come down into that third line where maybe that's he's a little bit thinking, more comfortable. Yeah. And he's performed well over the last few games. And that's, again, yeah. offensively, Cunning and Duchesne could easily uh, provide some offense on that third line. And our herd line has just been absolutely incredible in terms yeah, of generating offense. Don't touch, offense. So don't touch the fourth line. No, 100%. Not until Matt Olivier comes back anyways. So. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be uh, an interesting decision for Coach John Hines to make. Uh, I think he's got a couple of options there, though. Like you said, uh, Colin, like I kind of like the snarl that Nick Cousins brings. He's a guy that can get under opponent's skin, and when you're playing a team like Dallas in this high magnitude of a game, he's at least smart with it, too. He's not going to take a dumb penalty, or at least not a dumb one that we haven't seen uh, recently anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he can still chip in offensively as much as I would really like to not have him on the second unit power play. He's a guy that you can still put out there for 12 to 15 minutes a game. Well, he'll he'll still make a difference with his attitude, uh, getting in the dirty areas. But yeah, I, I like Luke Cunning moving down, move Duchesne back over to center, and uh, Phil can rejoin the top line however it shakes down. But that's uh, kind of where I'm thinking. I really like the idea of moving, definitely moving Luke Cunning down, not because he's been playing poorly, but just because I see Luke Cunning as a player you can kind of put anywhere you need him. Yeah. Which yeah. is and a great thing to have. Yeah, he can go. He, I think Cunning can produce value no matter where you put him right now, which is a, a huge compliment to him. It's I, I don't look at it as, as a demotion if you move Cunning down. I think it's just a fact that he can play wherever you need him right now, which is a, which is awesome. I, I I get your argument about Nick Cousins. Uh, I, either way, I think it should be one of those two. I'm really worried that the Preds are going to take one of the young guys out, whether it's Trennan or whether it's Jano, and then Preds social media is going to go crazy. <laughs> and then if the Preds turn around and lose after making that roster move, the John Hines fire train is going to be right back coming through the station. So. <laughs> oh, man, it took him so long to get out of that station, too. <laughs> no, it Let's doesn't take too, that, It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to get him back into trouble. 
Tra- trains sure. run in shifts. They never make one. They never yeah. make one move alone. So. But rest yeah. assured, if they take Tanner Janot or Yakov Trenin out of the lineup, we're all going to be happy about Forsberg think, being back. But it's going to be bittersweet. I'm telling you. I think I think Hines is going to disappoint us, guys. I think it's, I bet he winds up taking Tanner Janot out, just because uh, I don't know. Well, I don't. We have. We have until Saturday to prepare for this. And so Gen- when we Gen- see Gen- those, uh, when we see those projected lineups. Jano has more points than uh Jano has more points than Hollis. So, I mean, uh, that I wouldn't do it, but well, again, I'm not the head coach. And I think the other thing you gotta look at if you're John Hines, right? We're all sitting here in our nice comfy armchairs being coaches and GMs, and it's it's one of the best jobs in sports. It really is. It doesn't pay super <laughs> well, but for the yeah. guy that does get paid to do the job, uh if you're John Hines just based on Tanner Janot's last game against Dallas and the impact that he had when everybody was introduced to Tanner Janot, I don't see how you possibly can take him out of the lineup if you are John Hines, just how he impacted the game physically. And the other thing that we're starting to see as he gets more confidence is that offensive ability. He played for the Moose Jaw Warriors up here in Saskatchewan in his junior days, okay. and he put up some pretty offen- or pretty impressive offensive point totals. The guy's got some skill, and I could honestly see him moving up or at least earning a promotion to that third-line right wing spot. Maybe not this season, but, man, the audition that he's put up, it's it's turning heads in Nashville, and you're looking at that brass yes. and, and some decisions to make with his contract. Uh, this is a guy that you could easily move anywhere in your bottom six, get some skill out of him, plant him in front of the net on the second unit power play whatever it is he's very very versatile so like i said i really like the guy and if i'm john hines i am as you guys alluded to earlier i'm not touching that fourth line somebody else is gonna have to come out from the top three and here's my thing on Janot is that especially from a national perspective and i think you'll appreciate this max but like the guys as blue collar as they come right like he is he's an undrafted free agent who worked his way up through the ranks and got onto an NHL starting lineup and has produced. I mean, not, not only that, I thank him for my, for me personally, because he's given me great content to work with in terms of creating some gifts, Absolutely. but also the guy is producing. I mean, he's putting up some points and that line is our tone setter. Like you can't, to me, you can't break that up for, for me. I look at the team as there's like, there's two types of players, maybe three types, but you have like the guys like a Branson that got drafted in the first round. And I'm sorry, like I could, I could take him or leave him. I, that's one trade. I wish we, I don't really care about it. It doesn't really affect us, but he did look very flat-footed the other night. And then you got hard workers like Janot, who was undrafted, worked his way up, has become a producer. Like that's that is the Nashville, the Smashville way, if you will, especially when it comes to blue-collar players. So I really hope they don't do it. I really hope they leave him in there. I, I think they have plenty of options. I mean, the thing is, we still, have, you know, that's going to mean that Grimaldi is still out of the lineup too. So you know, against the Dallas team that's as physical as they are, it's probably for the best. Uh, but you definitely. Don't take out a guy like Tanner Janot, who, I mean, let's face it, their social media and the Preds' social media team would be, be pissed because he sends some clip worthy plays out there, especially against Dallas, because he leveled some guys. 100%. Absolutely. We might, we might not see Rocco Grimaldi the rest of the year. Oh, it's part yeah, of the yeah. log jam of having yeah. too many forwards, it I guess. It sucks, but. So that kind of leads us into uh, my next question. And, and we're being joined by Max Ritz who is a co-host of the Squadcast. He's joining us all the way from Saskatchewan, Canada. He's a fellow PredLines.com contributor, and you can follow him on Twitter at Ritzy underscore Max. And so, Max, I got to ask you, going into the offseason, what do you see the Preds' top priority being? Whether it's re-signing this player, whether it's protecting this player, uh, what do you, what's the biggest thing sticking out to you as far as what the Preds need to be focusing on or thinking about? 
Well, I tell you what, it's that little guy in between the four by six that has just been an absolute revelation for us. And UC Soros, what more can we say about the guy? Honestly, he provides daily content uh, for, for all of us, obviously, at Predlines. And in addition, just how do you not fall in love with this kid in terms of just the story, right? Pekka Rene has been the franchise linchpin for a decade and a half. And all of a sudden he's turning the reins over to his fellow countrymen. And although not quite the same stature and height, man, he's got that big game ability just like Pex did three, four years ago. Um, I, I look at our goaltending situation and I'm relatively happy with it. Obviously, yeah. it'd be incredibly bittersweet to see Pekka Rene go out on this note. Uh, again, armchairing GM, I really think he should have got the start the other night, just my personal opinion, even with the three-day break. Uh, I just think uh, when you look at everything he's done for this franchise, and uh, even this year, he's had his moments where he he's shown that he can still be Pekka Rene. Um, well, but uh, yeah. I, I digress. It's uh, But what, going back to the question at hand, UC Soros, the contract extension, its uh, it's got to be a must for David Poyle. He's proven, again, if he gets any sort of Vesna votes this year, um, it's going to be incredible to see what that number inflates to. I know that I had some earlier takes on it being in kind of, I guess, the minutia range compared to what maybe he's going to be worth. I still think some playoff success is needed to really get him to the value, I guess, of the upper echelon goaltenders in the NHL. But man, at 25 mm -hmm. years old, this kid has just proven year in, year out that he's going to continue to get better. Uh, he can accumulate a huge workload of games. He's just, when you watch him move in the crease, like I'm not a goaltender, but I grew up playing with a lot of them and have some friends. I've asked them about him and they say he just plays a beautiful game. Just the way that he's so agile, he's so quick to pucks. He just is very calm, very collected. Even when a bad one gets by him, you just you can count on him if a breakaway is coming back the other way a minute and a half later. He's just a guy that you want to, uh, for lack of a better term, you want to build your your net, I guess, development program around the kid. And when you look at what we got coming down the pipe, hopefully Connor Ingram can still be the guy that he was projected to be after a great season in Milwaukee last year. But we drafted Yaroslav Askarov. The goaltending pipeline looks pretty good. But UC Soros has proven to me that he deserves to at least be for sure the starter for us for at least two more seasons until we see what Askarov looks like or if Connor Ingram can come up and, and make some serious noise, but it's UC's net uh, and hopefully for the next foreseeable future. But that's my number one offseason priority if I'm David Poyle. And uh, the nice thing about the youth movement is it's kind of taking care of some decisions for him in terms of guys that you would otherwise have to pay. Uh, we're going to get a lot of entry-level contracts coming into this team uh, that are going to provide some big minutes and, and fill some big roles. So I'm really excited about this offseason in the sense of maybe not necessarily a ton of movement, but seeing how guys develop into the roles that they've gotten a taste of this year. You guys want to hear some crazy numbers? Always. Uh, I'm always so, down for crazy numbers. Always I'm down gonna, for that. I'm going to give you two players here. Uh, and then you got to guess which one's which. So player number one no. has... We're playing these <laughs> games again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> player number one since March 15th has 13 wins. Uh, 642 shots against, 605 saves, 37 goals against, save percentage 942, goals against average 1.93. Player number two has 13 wins, uh, shots against 555, saves uh, 512, goals against 43, save percentage 923, goals against average 
Who do you think player number one is? UC Soros, because he took 55 <laughs> shots last night, right? So or a couple nights ago. Yeah. Oh, man, he's been facing and, a lot of rubber lately. And player number two is Andre Vasilevsky. So, I mean, if he, yeah. if you, yeah, I think if he had started like this season on this kind of streak playing this kind of hockey, there's no, there's no question he's in the Vesna Trophy conversation. I mean, it's yeah, just absolutely. insane the numbers he's put up since he came back. Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky just added another shutout to his resume. So, uh, sure did. Yeah. He, he kind of furthered his case of probably getting the Vesna. But um, I got I got to say what Max just said though about how he feels good about the goaltending situation. When I can, I, I feel good about it as well. But I didn't feel too great about it early on in the season. I can tell you that because I wasn't sure about Pecorino. I wasn't sure about UC Soros. Connor Ingram was dealing with his you know off the ice issues and stuff. And it was like suddenly like we were feeling like what is the net going to look like for the Preds next season? People were even saying like. We're going to have to somehow talk Pecorino into coming back for a season. And now all of a sudden, we're feeling really good about the goaltending situation because of how UC Soros has managed to play. So it's crazy. I still really hope they convince Pekka to come back for one more go. Just oh, one yeah. More. All, he deserves one more full season. Year. In front of fans and let yeah. him do the retirement tour properly. Like, Absolutely. I just think he's got to come back for one more. So, do you all, do you guys think that, um, you know, how Soros started off slow this season and last season? Do you think that's, done with now i mean it depends on how much play gets in the preseason because i think part of it was that so this season he didn't really have they didn't have a preseason training camp was two weeks and they kind of went right into it so he really was not fresh i mean he he just looked stale he looked you know the dexterity wasn't there the year before that really pekka got a lot of preseason work um at least at least i'd probably say 60 percent of the starts in preseason versus uc's you know 40 and, and uc never got consistency until over kind of the midway point you know until we got to the winter classic that's mm-hmm. when he got started getting started. So I think that, you know, if he actually has a true preseason, a true training camp, I think he probably looks better early on than he did. Yeah. I think that if he looks a little rusty, he figures it out a lot more, you know, a lot quicker than he did yeah. this season and yeah. last season. Plus the teams in front of him weren't great. So yeah, that's yeah. The I'm, I'm with, I'm with rich on that. 110%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they've figured that out a little bit. Yeah. We gotta, uh, got one more, one more uh, question for Max here. And that is, what do you see happening in the expansion draft, and which player do the Preds lose? Oh boy, that is a loaded question, Chad. Again, how much time do we got? Um, well, you've no, got some yeah. time. You, you know, know what? He can press and give us a good answer. We know you want him to protect Lucas Pisa. Oh, a hundred percent. It's got to be Luca, right? I got my jersey on order in the mail. It's it's not quite. Well, actually, it might be a Winter Classic jersey. I got it for about forty three ninety nine Canadian. So, um, I yeah, no, it. Uh, when you look at Seattle and you just look at the intelligence level of their management staff, they're not going to miss on many of these picks that they make. And when you look at Nashville, right, we we saw James Neal leave uh, back when Vegas's turn was up, and it uh, it's going to be very very interesting. I am still of the mind that opening up some cap space by enticing Seattle to take either a marketable Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne off of our books uh, would be the best thing for the team. Even if you've got to pay a first round pick in either this upcoming entry draft, where it's not a terribly deep run uh, picks 15 through 25, 15 through 30, wherever the Preds end up. Um, even, even in 2022, again, projected that this team is going to actually be in that lower part of the first round. Um, like I said, that cap space is going to be ever so crucial. And now with the new TV deals, hopefully that cap is going to be raising a little bit quicker than everybody anticipated after the losses from the coronavirus. But, uh, yeah, I don't know when it comes to a player name, 
I really look at Luke Cunning as, as being a guy that maybe is expendable. He hasn't been around the team a long time. Um, yes, we gave up Nick Benino for him, and, and that was a big locker room presence. I haven't but heard I just that one. I yeah, haven't heard Luke Cunning brought up yet. Yeah, I, I think he's just a guy that – when you look at our protection structure too, right, we're going to be going four and four. It's going to be – uh, Yossi, Ellis, Fabro, and T back home on the back end. So you've got four forward slots to protect. That leaves you with Forsberg, RV, um, one of the two in probably Duchesne or Johansson. You want to keep one of those two centermen. Now, now I look at Duchesne versus Johansson, and again, I look at the tenure of of their Predators careers. Joey's been around for a, a long time. We know what the Jofa line can do when they're firing on all cylinders, and Ryan Johansson is just a completely different hockey player when Jofa is together and they're playing and they've got their chemistry. Um, I look at Duchesne. He hasn't been around the team for a long time, and – Again, it's just one of those pieces that maybe is expendable and attractive to Seattle uh, when it comes to, okay, we need somebody that's going to help us on the salary side for getting to the cap floor. Uh, we also need a marketable player that we can sell some jerseys with, even though they're incredibly nice jerseys. You can probably sell them without players' names. Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting, but I look at Matt Duchesne and Luke Cunning as guys. Um, even Colton Sissons possibly with, with the contract certainty that he has. Uh, five years, six years left at a very reasonable cap hit. That's another guy that could fill a really good role for a team that you look at what Vegas was made up of four plus years ago. It's identity guys. It's guys that are just there for a purpose. And I'm really excited to see what Seattle does. I'm not excited to see who they take from us because again, we're going to be victimized by having some very, very good options available on the table for Ron Francis and company. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually, I'm going to come in the league with you. Not, I don't think Cunning goes. I think Cunning might actually be protected um, just because he's, he's been one of our better forwards, but uh, I, I, I look at Sissons or possibly Yarncrook. I don't want to lose Yarncrook, but I think Sissons might be the guy. Sissons I think is probably favored outside of Nashville more than even we favor him. He's one of those players where I think other teams see what he does and appreciate it more than I think the national fan base can really understand because there's a lot of nuances to his game. You talk about a guy that's in the right place at the right time, does his role and knows his role and does it well. Colton Sissons is that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm wondering if he might be the guy that entices him, but it would be helpful if they took Duchesne. I just think the Duchesne experiment, Poil guy is white whale. It hasn't worked out. Let's move on from it. Let's get some cap space, especially because we know after this next season, I think they'll probably the, – the league itself will probably course correct in terms of its finances um, based on the TV deals, and they'll be okay after this next season upcoming. So the next year from that, you're going to have money to spend, and by then, Duchesne's going to be old. So, you know, if, if Seattle wants to take – not old relative to hockey, I should say, but if, sure. if Seattle wants to take yeah. him with the, with the number one pick – um, especially if they're willing to take a first round pick from this upcoming draft where it's not a deep draft. I, I think that's what you do. But um, if not, I would say look more towards Sissons uh, than, than anybody else possibly. And this might sting, but possibly even Arvidsson. Uh, I don't see that happening, but if it does happen, that'd be crazy. It's I, guess, it's, I guess what we can really pull out of this segment is there's a lot of different ways it can go with this expansion draft. Well, and the reason I say Arvidsson, and there's nothing that's like there's nothing where you can just sit here and say, "Oh, for sure, it's probably going to be this this well, player." This okay. can go a lot of different directions. So, if, um, if we were somehow to get them to take Arvidsson, it, it reminds me of a Patriots move, right? Get rid of a guy before everybody knows you have to get rid of him. And that's not to say I don't don't love Arvy. I love Arvy. I want to see him continue in Nashville. But if there's a guy you got to get rid of that might get you some value out of it, or you know, at least be one of those guys that's kind of on the downturn of his career. 
it might be Victor Arvidsson. He's still playing very well, but he's not playing what he used to play like. So it is gonna be it is gonna be interesting to see what we do. It's gonna be crazy to see who we protect and who we don't. And just, just to follow about, up on, oh, sorry, go Rich, ahead. go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. No, you go ahead. And, anyways, uh, just to follow up on the Colton Sissons talk too, Colin, like you said, everybody forgets about 2017. You know who was our first line center in the cup final and performed just fine? Got us a hat trick in game six of the Western Conference yeah. final against the Ducks to move us forward is Colton mm-hmm. Sissons. So like you said, a guy That's that it. it's not a, a what have you done for me lately kind of guy that everybody kind of seems to forget. This has been a really good predator for a long time and it would be hurtful to see him leave. But again, really it's just hard. kind of the, the situation that you run into with expansion. So it'll be interesting. Sorry, Rich. No, no. I, I was think- just going to say something not really hockey related. I was just thinking, you know, Matt Deshane has wanted to be in Nashville forever and he loves country music. And now he's going to be going to where it's grunge music and raining all the time. <laughs> That's just going to be culture no, shock. Swapping guitars, yeah. This yeah, is nothing against Matt. Dush- this is nothing against Matt Duchesne, but I think a very large majority of the fan base would, uh, for many different reasons, would like to would would rather see either Johansson or Matt Duchesne with that contract getting off the books, maybe and getting some relief in that regard. Like Max said, I think that's what fans are hoping for, and it's probably more Matt Duchesne than Matt Johansson. Because Ryan yeah. Johansson does have a lot. I mean, he's he was part of that cup run. He's he's got you know he's a, he's he's definitely a, a fan favorite to a certain degree. And so, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how that that works out there. And so uh, we got one more thing, real quick, Max. You did your mock mock draft for the NFL draft. We're watching it as it's going on right now. We're at pick fifteen now. Kind of tell me your biggest surprise so far. And what 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 you've pulled from the NFL draft? Because I know you did a. Uh, a mock draft you put it out there on twitter yeah absolutely ah, man i don't know i've done a lot of carolina panthers talk for some strange reason over the last couple of days especially after the teddy bridgewater deal to denver i just look at them and i look at sam darnold and i just don't necessarily see the guy uh, and they had justin fields on the board at eight they had a really heavily defensive draft last year where they i believe they used all their picks on defensive uh, defensive assets. And you look at, again, a potential generational quarterback sitting at number eight uh, and Sam Darnold, again, he hasn't been guaranteed his fifth year option yet. I thought for sure Carolina was going to go the quarterback route and at least, I guess, uh, pose an internal competition uh, for that spot. But uh, yeah, Justin Fields slides to the Bears, which is another fantastic football market that uh, will hopefully embrace him and we'll get to see some, some of the awesomeness that uh, we saw at Ohio State. And yeah, as we uh, as Colin alluded to earlier with a Patriots pick, Mac Jones, now Bill Belichick's newest uh, newest project. So it's uh, it's been an interesting first round. And although my Rams haven't picked in it, haven't picked in it for a number of years, uh, but either way, it's uh, there's been a reason for that and getting some assets. But yeah, it's uh, it was a very it, that's the thing. It always goes this way, though, boys, with the mock drafts, right? One through three, one through four, everything looks gravy, and then five after, it's just gone. So I look at the two drafts just in comparison between football and hockey. There's just nothing like the drama and the intrigue of the setup of the NFL draft. But uh, the NHL is a close second for me uh, every June, and this season will be July uh, with the pandemic. But very much looking forward to the draft uh, and seeing what the Predators do or possibly don't do if they have a pick. Um, but uh, if they part with the pick, I hope it's uh, to either clear some cap space or acquire another really strong asset well my my Arizona awesome. Cardinals so Max on the Ritz, board. thank you for joining the podcast you will definitely be coming back in the future uh just let us know when you want to come back man and uh, the door is always open for you we really appreciate you uh th- this has been episode 40 of the catfish and ice podcast brought to you by
Podcast Network. Next time we see you, we'll be reacting to this big game against the Dallas Stars. Hopefully it will be positive. Hopefully we'll be uh, pumped up and having those playoff uh, vibes going. But until then, everyone take care. Have a great weekend. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will see you.